0: Voice of FinTech.
1: This episode of the Financial Market series is brought to you by SIX, the Swiss Exchange Group. If you would like to learn more about SIX, please go to www.six-group.com. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're joined by Neil Thomas, who is the head of sales in Asia and country head of Singapore and Japan, for Six, and uh, Jonas Thurig, who is head of F10 in Singapore. And we're going to talk about what's going on in Asia in terms of uh, open innovation, financial markets, financial infrastructure, and uh, the startup scene and economy. So welcome, Neil and Jonas. Uh, hopefully you are doing well today. How are you?
0: Uh, Great, thanks. Yeah, really nice to have a chance to speak to you, Rudy.
1: Yeah, doing well.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Rudy, for organizing this.
1: So thank you for making the time. Um, Let me start with Neil. I just wanted to understand, first of all, what is your role in Asia, right? I mean, SIX is a Swiss exchange group. Uh, You have an outpost in uh, Singapore. Uh, What is your mandate and what are the key objectives for SIX in the region?
0: Yeah, so my role here is in two parts, really. So I, you're right, I look after the sales for our financial information business, so our data business, which is um, spread across lots of our customers here. And I also am the regional head for our, our wider six business in the region. So I'm the representative for six in Asia.
1: What sort of services are you selling in Asia? Uh, what's the linkage to Switzerland as well?
0: I mean, we have a lot of... Uh, obviously major Swiss customers and shareholders have large operations in Asia. So our role out here is to ensure that their business is fully supported, uh, delivering data services, looking at other areas that we can support them from innovation, uh, exchange services, uh, and other initiatives that we we have coming up. Uh, My role is really to make sure that they're aware of these, make sure we can present them and see how we can support them as they try and grow in Asia Alongside ourselves,
1: right? And you've been in Asia for quite a while now. So, what are your lessons learned so far? I mean, if you compare the state of financial services or the infrastructure developments in Asia versus Europe,
0: yeah, it's been. I mean, I've been out here two and a half years, and it has been really interesting, actually. So, I've really noticed that the pace at which things happen seems to be quicker, and I think that's part of the. You know, you look at the growth that's happened in Asia over the last five, ten years. Um, it's kind of kept pace with that, and uh, yeah, it's been really fascinating to see how Six has to had to adapt its business to meet kind of the the, sli- the different way that Asia approaches
2: um, financial services. Really.
1: And Jonas, you've also spent some time in Asia by now, right? So, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, I am um, maybe a bit biased towards China, where I spent the past two years. I only arrived uh, four months ago here in Singapore, but maybe a bit um, from the fintech and innovation side, what I'm seeing. Um, there are some differences between Europe and Asia. So, Europe is very much a, a bottom-up approach to innovation, whereas here it's, it's very much a, a top-down approach. So, it's really a government-led approach to innovation. And another thing I think is an important, is, is more important here um, than in Europe, is is having the right relationships. So, that's also some something I really um, experienced in the past a uh, bit more than two years.
1: Right. So maybe that's a question for Neil again, uh, whether that's related to relationships or to just the state of the economy. I mean, you're country head of Singapore and Japan, right? I mean, one, an ambitious city-state growing rapidly, the other one, a huge country, a huge economy, but mature. So how does that affect your business or also the state of innovation and uh, things like that?
0: Yeah. So I think from Singapore, it's our hub. For the whole of the uh, APAC region, actually, um, and you know, you, when you look at Singapore and Switzerland, actually, they they are two countries which are very closely aligned. If you really look at them as their economies, they're both very much driven by financial services. They are uh, both very you know, similar-sized populations. They really focus on having central banks at the core to what they do. And I think that lends very well. So we really look for Singapore. We, we look at that as an area where the, the regulator really likes to invest in the financial services industry, particularly in innovation. And I think that right. really is, is one of these areas that we really like to focus on and try and drive. Japan is very different. For us, Japan is about working with that In that local market, it's about driving it Japan from Japan, where Singapore we we more look at the rest of Asia as a whole. We we look at APAC for for six as one one region, and we try and bring those two areas together where we can find synergy. But the the Japan for obviously obvious reasons like the language, for example, you know we kind of ma- we have a very local team who really drive that business. But yet they still lend from each other to understand how where can we find synergies? Is there any crossover for? Ex- for example, with the data offerings um, and how can we sort of leverage each other's knowledge? Because a a lot of Japanese banks clearly global, uh, and and, uh, there's a lot of Japanese banks in Singapore, and and there's a lot of initiatives coming out of Singapore, which are trying to develop Japan market. So I find a lot of crossover, but we have to treat them differently uh, in the respect to how our approach and our style.
1: Right. Understood. Makes sense. Well, you know, Six is the core corporate partner for F10, right? Um, In Zurich, but now in Singapore as well. So what was the rationale for opening up a hub in Asia this year?
0: We're really looking to support innovation in general, but clearly we want to support our major customers and our shareholders in innovating in the region. So we've had a great program in Switzerland for uh, four or five years now, and we've done a couple of hackathons out here. And the uptake from the... You know, from the startups and from the entrepreneurs in the region has, was really really uh, energizing. Actually, it was great to see. We did one a big one in 2018 and another one in 2019. And off the back of that, you know, we there was other corporate partners six as well. So a lot of uh, startups which are going to be of interest to us. And we thought, well, how can we further these relationships? How can we develop our own products and our services for ourselves and for that of our customers? So we felt that you know having a proper base in Singapore helps us really show our commitment to the, the community out here, as well as you know, uh, adding a lot of additional benefit and value to SIX.
1: Right. And uh, Jonas, you're the first head of F10 in Singapore. So can you explain the program in Singapore? What are the similarities similarities or differences versus Zurich program or multiple programs that uh, you know, are run on in Zurich?
2: Yes, of course first and foremost we really also want to build an ecosystem as we have successfully done it in Zurich but we are taking basically the best of of Zurich over and start with that so we have now started with our P2 prototype to product program um, in May it's a 6 month incubation program for early stage FinTech, Intertech and RegTech startups. And we have selected ten uh, very interesting startups for that program here in Singapore, and um, yeah, it's it's an ongoing um, program at the moment. Uh, it will last for six months until the end of October. Later this year, we are actually also going to launch a program called the Scala program. It's actually a program that we have launched in Zurich just a few uh, months ago. It's for later yeah. stage startups that are in the in a scaling up phase. And yeah, we, we're going to do that as well here in Singapore, as we see a lot of value for for our corporates. And we see a lot of scale-ups here that are very, very interesting. We really we really t- try to take the best from the programs in Zurich and then localize it um, for South, Southeast Asia.
1: And what kind of startups are you looking for? You know, FinTech is a very broad category, right? So do you have a particular subsector focus that you're looking for or you know obviously the programs are designed along the life cycle of the company or the startup but in terms of themes or the topics are are there any that you that you think are a better or better fit or a higher priority for you in asia good question
2: i i mean the way how we select the startups it's it's really in in collaboration with our corporate members so whatever for example six or julius Bear or our three are looking into these are startups that we want to have in our program because we, we are really that matchmaking ecosystem where we bring the startups together with with the corporate so if if, if the startups have work on solutions that don't make any sense to our corporates then probably startup won't get as won't get as much out of the program as as others but for example for the current cohort we have startups in digital assets in data analytics and we have two red tech startups and we have a very interesting startup in the payment space so it's quite broad but it's always linked to kind of what our corporates where they want to innovate where they want to e- evolve and get better
1: okay understood and how do you see the startup scene in switzerland or europe versus asia i think you know that goes for both of you from the perspective of an incumbent or the infrastructure provider and also a hub that helps the startup?
2: For example, for Singapore, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's pretty much a government-led approach. Um, for example, the regulator MAS, um, they put very favorable innovation policies in place and there are significant government subsidies which um, the fintech the startups can, access, can have access to. Also, there are Big subsidies for corporates actually to be more innovative, and then of course the geographical location. It's Singapore is really a gateway to nearly 600 people living in Southeast Asia, which which is just a really good location. In Europe, on the other hand, as I mentioned also, it's more a bottom-up approach, and I would say we have several um, fintech fintech hubs in Europe, such as Zurich, London, Frankfurt, who are leading leading the way.
1: And uh, Neil, what do you think in terms of uh, fintechs trying to either disrupt the incumbents or cooperate with them? Uh, do you see that that's a big of a trend in, the, in Asia versus Europe where you worked before or, or not really? It depends on you know, case by case.
0: I think, yeah, I, I, it's on a case by case basis. I think there's clearly some startups who are looking to come and find how they can make their their initiative adopt, uh, be adopted or adapt into the workflow of a, of a bank or for a financial infrastructure provider or a, or a data provider. Um, and there there are others who really are looking to come at it and, cha- and change a process, change the way that things are done. And I think both are attractive. Really, it's about you know, it's about getting a collaboration together to so see what's right and how can we support each other on that journey and and, and offering them the information, the skills that they need to, to develop. A, a lot of the, you know, it, it's really interesting. You see a lot of um, people who come onto these programs with very diverse teams, you know, from all over the world. So they might come onto a Singapore-based program but actually you know the, the team members are from well, across asia but across europe as well so there's a real mix and i think that's quite a nice balance where a lot of these people are looking to to, to straddle two two continents really and they're, they're looking at they're looking to solve a problem or find a new way of doing something for you know for a global audience really and, that, I, and i've really found that the makeup of the teams uh, has been really interesting and actually very 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 positive.
1: Well, that's great, because I always say to people that, you know, if you have a fintech or a tech startup, uh, you should think globally, that's for sure. And uh, the only way to get there is through having a diverse and diverse team, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree.
1: So, Jonas, you ha- I know that you had lots of applications for your first program. And uh, obviously, I see the pattern here in kind of, let's say, agile expansion, right? Having first hackathons in Asia and then uh, having basically a presence on the ground. But uh, in, that la- in those last few months, how did you find those startups? I mean, did you do some events? I guess, you know, obviously, this year has been difficult for in-person events. So probably you have to change to virtual ones. So how did you go about, uh, let's say, uh, mot- uh, promoting, the, uh, promoting people to apply?
2: Yeah, actually, luckily, um, the whole application process was kicked off. And um, already um, last year, so we basically closed the application round in um, mid of January. That was all pre-COVID. So that was um, good for us so that we could do the promotion. We went to different events um, we, we really have a, a, a broad network now, especially, of course, in Europe, but also here that we have built in the past um, few years um, while we attended the hackathons. So, yeah, we, we managed to to actually do the whole scouting prior to COVID, and now um, the whole selection process um, was then a bit different, so that was very much a virtual process. But, I mean, really finding this, these startups, we had over 300 applications, and that works through our networks. Um, we are also using different uh, service providers, which are specialized in scouting for startups, so... We have different channels to reach out to, and that worked quite well, I have to say, and for this cohort.
1: Okay. And how did the selection process work? Not in terms of you know logistics, but in terms of a mindset. I mean, you probably you mentioned already that the startups are better off if they have a fit between their idea and the uh, the corporate uh, members' uh, priorities. But what else are you looking for in a startup so that they can admit be admitted to your program?
2: yeah so we are looking at the number of things Um of course we besides um, the idea um, the areas they're working on we are also looking at the background of the founders um, for us it's also important that um, the startups have a runway of of at least six months six to nine months so they can um, really focus on the program while being part of the f10 and not don't have to run um, after vcs and investors during the program so there are a number of of criterias and then we yeah we do a lot, lots of interviews we have different people from f10 talking to the startups during the selection but we also have the corporates to come in and question these startups as well as um, our broad mentor network which are industry experts um, that um, help us selecting the right startup. So it's it's quite an effort. Um, it takes a couple of days, but it um, secures the, the quality that we want, um, the kind of startups we want to have in our program.
1: And how does economics work? I mean, do you provide financial support? Do you provide co working space? Do you take equity or or not?
2: Yeah, we do. So we do provide um, here in Singapore. We do provide twenty thousand Singapore dollars um, for the startups to cover expenses during the program. Um, as as the program is basically structured into different masterclasses, so basically the startups come together for a week or two every month, where we work um, very much on um, from ideation to prototyping all the way to getting them investor ready. So they get a lot from the program itself. They get access to our corporate partners and to our broader ecosystem. And um, we do provide them a co-working space that obviously hasn't happened yet due to the current pandemic. But um, once we can go back to a co-working space, we will definitely do that. And we will we will be sitting together with our startups Concerning the equity, yes, we do take equity, we take 4% equity in the next financing round.
1: Right. And how does monitoring of the startups work? You know, uh, some people say, well, we cannot uh, ask them uh, to provide us KPIs like uh, from a company that existed for 150 years. On the other hand, well, you know, you need to have certain milestones, right? You need to have an idea whether uh, startups are on the right track or not. So. What's your philosophy and how do you do it? I mean, once you're in the program in F10, it's not necessarily guaranteed that you will graduate, so to speak, right? So how does that work in Singapore?
2: Yeah, that's correct. That's similar to the setup in Zurich. So we have basically four milestones um, that the startups have to reach. They have a lot of different kinds of deliverables which are actually very useful to to the startups themselves. But then, of of course, also for us to validate um, whether they deliver what, what they're promising. And um, I, I mean, the, the key metric basically to graduate from the program and to be a, an alumni of the F10 is basically having at the end of the program at least a letter of intent signed with a potential customer. In that way, we can really uh, ensure our extremely high survival rate of, of over 95% among the, sta- among the startups that graduated from the program.
1: But it's 95% over what time period?
2: So it's, it's basically 95% of the startups that graduated from the program in the past five years. You can ask me again in a year <laughs> and how the numbers look like, but um, we have extremely high numbers. I, I I agree, but but it's the truth. So that's that that's what we have achieved over the past
1: five years. No, great, great, great stuff. Obviously, so how do you see the pandemic changing the financial services uh, and focusing on uh, Asia in the near term and uh, and the longer term? Uh, maybe let's start with Neil.
0: Well, it's, yeah, it's a big question. I mean, <laughs> one I would love to really know, but um, I think you know, clearly there's going to be some changes to just the way that people interact now. I mean, everybody's been working largely in a virtual landscape for the last. Uh, well, but my colleagues in Japan, for example, have been since January this year have been working from home and doing all of their meetings virtually. And I and I think that you know I think it's safe to say that trend is going to carry on. I think most people will there'll be a lot more virtual interaction a lot more focus on delivering projects and you know and and uh and and kpis and targets you know a lot of this interaction will be done virtually but um i think there won't be wholesale though i think a lot of companies are looking to get people back into the offices i think you know, as I was reading, saying interesting today about creativity coming by working in teams and groups together, and I think that's going to come back. But there clearly will be an impact on the financial services, just on on the economy itself. I mean, it's been the numbers have, have been quite alarming, and, and you know, we'll we'll see what happens, but. Um, in the form of you know, how is this going to evolve? I think really from an Asia perspective, I think it's going to be very, very um, interesting to see how countries then start to focus and when travel opens up, how to start to collaborate again, try to grow ecosystems, maintain them, look at new ways of supporting business in a virtual environment, but as well as looking at, at ways, can, how can we sort out supply chains? I think there's been an impact to global supply chain as well. So it's, there's lots of different factors which I think are going to, going to come in. From an infrastructure point of view, we have to focus on what we can do well, you know, which is offer reliability, stability to our, our customers and shareholders, making sure that we deliver quality. And I think, you know, that's really the core of what what's going to be, um, you know, we're going to be relying on for the next two two to five years.
1: Right. And uh, Jonas, do you think this whole thing will impact startups negatively only, or positively? You know, some people say there are certain sectors that will benefit, some will suffer. Uh, how do you see it? I mean, where are you on the optimism versus pen- pessimism scale?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, there are definitely a lot of opportunities as well, um, given um, the current situation. So I, I believe in the financial service industry now, um, the, the incumbents, they need to be more cost efficient. They are looking for solutions um, that currently startups are developing so that we've seen quite a bit of traction even among our startups in the current cohort for solutions where they automate certain processes um so i i see actually a lot of opportunities in in for startups that are working in that area for yeah for for startups that are working in areas that are maybe less of a priority right now projects will be um put on hold for a while, so for those that might be more difficult, so, so there, there are opportunities but also um, threats for, for the startups depending on what you're developing. In terms of raising money, of course, it's it's not the best time, so you want to make sure that you, you can um, show some traction for your startup, otherwise it will be very difficult to raise money at the moment. Yeah. So that, uh, I mean, it's, it's a tough environment for sure. We're trying to help our startups as much as possible, but uh, I hope uh, towards the end of the year uh, or early next year, um, things will be better again for the startup ecosystems. And we also see actually a lot of support, at least here from the government side, um, who's really helping the ecosystem to stay
1: alive and stay healthy. Um, so fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Neil where can interested parties find out about more about what six does in Asia what kind of services you have and uh, what kind of people would you like to hear from most
0: yeah I mean we' we're, we're really looking and keen to hear from people who can support our growth in Asia so uh, we're really looking you know really Keen on the digital asset space, we're really interested in data, AI support, data um, data analytics areas like that are a huge interest to to six. Um, we are all easily found, so if you go onto our, our the six uh, website, six group website, you can find us in Asia, but uh, via LinkedIn you can find find myself and our, our colleagues. But uh, we have, an, as I say, we have an office in um, in Singapore, and we're always pleased to uh, to hear from people, uh, and they can email me. You get hold of my details on off LinkedIn and, and, and get in touch. I speak to a lot of people all the time. Yeah, but but it's easy to find us. We're active in the market and we're, we reach out to a lot of people, particularly through Jonas and F10.
1: Great. And Jonas, I mean, what's in store for you? I mean, now that you have a program kind of up and running in this new environment, what's coming? And, and therefore, what kind of people would you like to hear from going forward for the rest of the year?
2: Yeah, so we are really... Um up and running now in Singapore, although it's virtual. Um, So we are looking for people that want to join our ecosystem, whether it's corporates, whether it's mentors, whether it's investors, whether it's startups. So um, I'm really uh, connecting now the dots um, here in Singapore and also helping them to connect the dots back to Switzerland in in that sense. So people can find us on f10.ch. Or they can find me on LinkedIn. I think that's that's the easiest to, to get in touch with me.
1: Great. Well thank you very much, Neil and Jonas, and good luck to Six and F10 in Singapore.
2: Thank you, Rudy.
0: Thank you, Rudy. Great to speak to you.
1: This episode of the Financial Market Series was brought to you by Six, the Swiss Exchange Group. If you would like to learn more about Six, please go to Six-group.com.